Hey guys, welcome back. This is CortesAhe, CortesAhe.com, as today we are bringing you another podcast episode. We got a lot to talk about. We have NBA Finals to worry about now, who the Suns will be facing next in the NBA Finals, breaking news and everything else. Right off the bat, I do want to apologize for not getting a podcast episode done yesterday. A lot came up as we are working on an ebook featuring the Phoenix Suns detailing their journey from 2018. Now we're coming up to this exciting book that details everything about the Phoenix Suns, about their journey, what has happened, why this is so significant, why everyone should be paying attention to this. This is going to be one of the greatest ebooks books you ever read. That's not me. Like this is not me hyping it up, but this book right here is detailing every single detail that happened from the time Monty, the Andre Ain got here to all of our different position changes to all the different dramatic um like drama that was coming out with Devin Booker. With all these different players, we're detailing the whole story right here and how this led to Suns getting on top. It's going to be really cool. We're going to be coming out with more details in the coming weeks as we are in the making of making this ebook. So we'll be posting things like that. But that was for not me doing the podcast episode last night or yesterday morning because. It just got very, very crazy yesterday, and I'm happy that I didn't because I was able to get more news, meaning I was able to get more insight on everything that was happening in the NBA that happened yesterday, right? Featuring Giannis, Young, Compella, different things like that. So, without further ado, let's jump right into this podcast cast episode you remember you guys can find us on soundcloud itunes spotify uh google podcast rumble daily motion youtube or in wherever else you get your podcast or highlight videos plus plus you can also find all of the news everything you need to find to get good quality news, get good quality breakdowns, in-depth or short-form articles at courtsaheat.com. Or if you just want the uh, quick and easy news, go to our Twitter account, twitter.com slash courtsaheat. Again, that's twitter.com slash courtsaheat. Remember, we're always, breaking, we're always breaking the news first, breaking down first. So come join and come be a part of the action. Without further ado, let's kick it off with some breaking news, as we always do. I am excited. Um, if you are a Phoenix Suns fan, if you're an NBA fan, this is the greatest time to be alive because, especially for Phoenix Suns fans, wow, what hope do we have? I I was feeling so many emotions during Game Six against the Club Joint. I'll talk about that there in a little bit, but I just wanted to talk about that. So. First of all, um, game five for the Hawks-Bucks were yesterday. 
Bucks came away with the win as both teams did not have their star players. Giannis was out for the Bucks, and Trey Young was out for the Hawks. Clint Capella was a go, as we already knew that. They were pretty optimistic about that. Whether with Young and Giannis, that was not the case. Milwaukee was able to win their home court. Now for Game 6 to travel back to uh, Atlanta tomorrow. I believe, I'm going to check that real quick, but I believe it's going to be tomorrow, which will be Saturday, July 3rd. Uh, yeah, 5.30 p.m. This will be a huge game for the Bucks. They're going to try to close out the series in Atlanta as the way everything stands right here. Every team so far in this series has gone home court advantage and won. And that would be mainly the Bucks. So can the Hawks pull out one more? As this has been going back and forth pretty even, but the Hawks are on the verge of elimination. So we'll see if Giannis can be there for the Bucks or if Young can play for his injury. Uh, remember, Giannis is dealing with a hyperextended left knee, and Giannis is dealing. I'm sorry, and Young is dealing with a deep bone bruise in his left foot, or other people can refer to it as a sprained ankle. Clint Capella again had that little eye injury. He's all right. He played. Uh, he played yesterday, game five. And he should be a go for game six. So do not expect him on the injury report. Okay. Um, because of Patrick Beverly and because of who he is, he can, he can always dish out the heat, but he can never receive it. He will be suspended to start next season for pushing Chris Paul in the back intentionally out of fits of rage so we do not know how long that is going to be but the NBA has reported that Patrick Beverly will be facing suspension to start off his next season okay another one talking about the Clippers this time more damaging if this can go wrong more life-stopping if this does happen, but Kawhi Leonard, we've been talking about this season, um, in the regular season, in the off-season, right? We were talking about Kawhi Leonard and how he's a free agent. We didn't, I don't believe he's a restricted free agent, so he's an unrestricted free agent. And the Mavericks and the Heat are going to make a serious push to try to acquire the call Kawhi Leonard. This will be huge because if the Mavericks get him, you'll have him and Luka and potentially uh, Christoph Porzingis unless they trade him. Porzingis may not want to be in the shadow of both men if Kawhi comes, so he could be asking for a trade. And then for the Heat, you have... Jimmy Butler, uh, Tyree Euro, Bam Adebayo, uh, Kawhi, and different pieces like that. I know I missed a few parts, but you get it. Will put will these two teams have to create some space? Who they'll have to release? Who they're gonna draft? We don't know yet, but they are in pursuit as this is one of their main players to get this off season 
as that would be tremendous. So could that mean the experiment is over? Between the duo of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, it's looking that way. If you ever saw Kawhi Leonard, he came down to the bench in Game 6, his son's Clips game in L.A. He was visibly upset. Everyone looked disappointed as they just got eliminated from trying to make a comeback from being out free to one. Well, last piece of breaking news is that the Suns, your Phoenix Suns, the Suns have missed the playoffs in the past 10 seasons, has rose up, has rose from the dead to say they are now in the NBA Finals. This huge accomplishment is not over yet as they are looking for a championship and they're going to be doing it within the next week. How amazing is that? And I'm not going to talk about the Suns Clippers. Talking about that last game. Going to talk about the Suns in the NBA Finals. I don't know about you, but I've seen post-Steve Nash, post-Mars uh, Stenemar, I've seen the good, the bad, and the majority of the ugliness had gone on within the organization of the Suns. Let me, let me just say this. The Suns, out of all teams, were not projected to make the playoffs this season. Meaning, they were not expected to go this deep into the playoffs. They were not expected to make an NBA final run. They were not expected to be this great team as many people before uh, before Chris Paul decided to join OKC. And even now, did not think he had much of this tank. He saw he was going to be washed up. He saw he was not going to provide much use for the Suns. They saw getting rid of Kelly Oubre, giving him to OKC. The OKC trading him to Golden State. But ultimately getting Chris Paul, they thought that was a mistake. But we stuck to it. And this was one of our best seasons in the past decade. We won the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. We had, uh, from game two to game five, our backcourt, the backcourt, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, played terrible. We could not hit anything. Guys were missing shots. DeAndre Ayn, uh, uh, Jay Crowder, uh, Mikel Bridges, Cameron Payne, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, we were facing odds. When we went up 3-1 in this series, they were starting to come back. But every time we win, it was close It was close points, right? That was because of our bad shooting. And put that on top of Cameron Payne's injured ankle. Chris Paul still trying to work back in after being off 10 days. And then you add COVID to the mix. And then you add in the fact that Devin Booker had his nose broken um, by Patrick Beverly. It was broken in three different places. Uh, Injuries, while you can say the Clippers did not match against the Suns because uh, they had more injuries than us with Kawhi Leonard and Marcus Morris. 
and a zoo box. That just is not the case because we had Devin Booker playing for a broken nose. He got mid-game stitches and came back out. He was trying to win it for his team. We had Chris Paul trying to get back into it after being uh, resting for 10 days with COVID, right? We had Karen Panner, backup point guard, um, have an ankle injury. We only played four minutes out of that game, but then he came back the following game and not pub, so did not have any productivity. So it's like we had our fair share of injuries. We had our fair shares of downtime, meaning... We couldn't hit any shots. We couldn't get anything to go. Turnovers were getting higher. And the Santa and the Santa really made me upset. Which I had a conversation with some, about uh, about that with someone. My dad and I watched every single Suns Clippers game. What we noticed, not as by Suns fans, but the refs, the NBA. Hated, I mean hated, the Suns going and winning. It got so bad that when DeAndre Ain got hit over the head, which hit over the head, Patrick Beverly jumped up with the windup, hit DeAndre Ain with his elbow slash forearm in the head, on the top of the head. They deemed that a common foul, but... They would not. We almost, Jay Crowder was almost deemed a flagrant one for extending his arm to a, uh, to Marcus Morris's knee. But it made it more frustrating as they called the foul on us and almost, a, which was a technical foul, a personal foul. They almost called a flagrant one on us. But the prior play to that, Marcus Morris fouled uh, Jay Crowder. They just hacked. This this team, they're not good. Paul George. What happened to him in game six? What happened to Paul George? What happened to the guy? What happened to him? What happened to your 40 points? What happened to Puff Pete? You choked it. You're a loser. That's what you are. You're not good. You need Kawhi to carry you. You could get lucky with a few games, great. But you don't need but you can't be calling out your respect after a 41-point game. You did not win the series off of that. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, Paul. Chris Paul, a famous guy, a hardworking man, and a guy everyone should be respecting around the league, dropped 41 points. Not a big deal. He had 41 points. Better consistent shooting than you had more had a had assists like eleven assists, a few rebounds, and he closed out the series with that. You didn't close out any series. The team carried you. Reggie Jackson carried you. And the only reason why your butt got saved was not because of the Clippers. Was not because of Ty Lue. Was not because Steve Ballmer was over there, I don't know what he was doing over there, but he was freaky, but, um, you got carried by the referees, there's so many bad calls, 
How can you tell me in a game five, a game six, I believe it was game six, eight, we have 16 fouls to your eight. How could you go an entire first and almost second quarter without fouling? Come on. We've seen referees cheat before, but not this blatantly and not this absurdly. I'm just saying. They didn't mind when we beat the Lakers. They didn't mind that we beat the Nuggets. But here's the thing. Nobody in the NBA, and they know this as a fact, saw, okay, well, we got past the Lakers. Because maybe the Bears like, okay, they got past the Lakers. That's fine. Maybe it was just LeBron's time just to sit down and whatnot. And then the Nuggets, everybody's like, whoa, that's a sweep. Sons of Ford guy made an appearance. Um, then, then, they made two West Conference Finals. They go up two games. And, the, and, and this is when Adam Silver, someone in the NBA said to the refs, or, or even the refs were just biased by themselves, that the Suns cannot win. Make their lives miserable. Run them. I don't care. Patrick Beverly legitimately broke Devin Booker's nose. When Devin Booker in game six, after like two or three games ago, of breaking his nose, he took off the mask because he was fine enough. Paul George does a cheap shot and and puts his elbow right into Devin Booker's nose. A recently broken nose within a week, not even gets gets hit in the gets hit in the face with an elbow. If you saw Devin Booker's face, you can tell just upon impact it hurt. And then Boogie Cousins, one of the saltiest guys I've ever seen on the court, who could not save his life, he gave up on his team. Just like his Achilles did on him. I'm not even kidding. Because he took a cheap shot at Chris Paul. Don't worry. It was deemed a common foul. He took a cheap shot on Chris Paul. After Chris Paul. Made a sweet bucket. Of just going up with the layup. Going in. And as he was walking away. DeMarcus Cousins took the ball. Lifted up his elbow. And hit. Hit. Chris Paul with his elbow on the shoulder slash head. Come on. Like, who does that? Be fair. But then at the end of the game, and then and, and the refs actually did one thing right. They got the ejection on Patrick Beverly. But if you didn't call that ejection, I think the house would have torn down because... Because... Patrick Beverly, Chris Paul walked past Patrick Beverly. Chris Paul, I, I don't believe, said anything. Even if he did, Patrick Beverly was mocking Chris Paul. Patrick Beverly was mocking Devin Booker. He said some of the most absurd things. Is trying to get under our skin. He taunted us. He was doing mind games. But if Chris Paul said something... If Chris Paul said something, Chris Paul walks away, has his back turned to Patrick Beverly, and what does the coward do? He pushes him from behind.
That's a coward move. And that's not a manly move. That's just a that's a coward move. You don't push another man when his back's turning to you. If you're gonna push him, push a push like push him like you would Tory Craig or Jay Crowder. Why don't you push one of those guys? Because Tory Craig brought the energy. And I swear, if you would have pushed him once, he would have knocked you out cold. Because Nobody puts up with that garbage. But congrats to Chris Paul because Chris Paul's the more mature one and just let him get ejected and they were able to celebrate their win. Right? Because Chris Paul has now been able, after 16 years of being in this NBA, this league, is now able to go to his first ever NBA Finals. But... But you could tell where I'm frustrated at. You could tell we're shooting great. The refs know we're winning that game because Devin Booker came out and played like good. But I said to you guys, it has to start and end with Chris Paul. And who did it start with? Chris Paul. Who did it end with? Chris Paul. Chris Paul was making shots. Why? Because he was feeling it. He knew the severity of winning this game. Who knew the consequences of losing this game? He didn't want a game seven. So what he did was he took it into his own into his own hands. He took it into his direction, his mindset, his motive. Legit. No. I always say it starts with a point guard. It starts with your main guy. It has to start with your point guard. And thank goodness we had Chris Paul there. So uh, healthy as we have been. Because it could have been a different game. But the 41 point, uh, 11 assist game that Paul had, it, it was just unconscious. When he's feeling it. And he got so hot. During the end, uh, in the second half, whatnot, he scored 31 points in the second half, 10 in the first. I don't care about the first, but the second half, he scored 31 points. Insanity. Insanity, right? He went unconscious. He's like, okay, you want to talk? You want to talk trash to me? Let's go. And he put everyone on skates. He put everyone on skates. He was just doing shaking bags. He was just breaking ankles, getting guys to loosen up, making them fall into his trance, and then boom, hit him with it. And then with the free pointer, at one point he was shooting eight percent from the free point line. He was shooting it from the target. You go to the wing, got it. A top of the key, got it. Paint, got it. Perimeter, got it. Corners, got it. He wasn't missing. And he knew that if it was not for him, and everybody realizes this, if it was not for him, we would have lost that game. DeAndre played well. Devin Booker played well. Tory Craig brought the hustle, brought the grind, brought the momentum as, um, and one thing I noticed was that and when he came onto that court and he was doing it, he's going up and down that court. He's leading fast breaks, having that ball leading fast breaks. As a big man, going up and down, bringing his energy, enthusiasm. 
optimism of winning, the team cranked it up. Boom, 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 boom. Brain and punches left and right. Mikel Bridges started us off at the game with a dunk. The Andre Ain was grabbing rebounds like it was going out of style. Tory Craig was grabbing rebounds. Jay Cryer's hitting free pointers. For what? He couldn't even hit a free pointer during this uh, during this series. It was so cold. But game six, he's letting him go off like left and right, left and right. Come on. Reggie Jackson couldn't do anything. Marcus Morris, huh? he couldn't do anything. But I applaud him for going out when injured. He said he had to grind through that. Zoobox wasn't there. And I, I told my dad this. I'm happy that the Suns lost game five. Because I'd rather, I'd rather stick it to them in their own home court. I, 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 I don't care what we had to do. I didn't care how physical I had to be. But at one point... The disrespect by the Clippers got so bad. Devin Booker put back on his face mask to cover the broken nose because he already got hit like once or twice in the nose. So before he could actually break it again, where it comes this um it comes out of place, all he did was he just put back on the mask because he didn't want one of these little punks coming around and hitting him and taking him out because. Devin Booker's a tough, tough dude. Like, he's a bad man when he wants to be. And if you see him have to put back on his face mask for protection, just so he does not break his nose, that 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 tells you a lot. Because the refs were not being fair. They were being unfair to us and just being very, very generous with a lot of the calls. They were trying to get Jay Crowder out. Jay Crowder had 16 or 19 points in the first half from shooting freeze and whatnot. They teed him. They got him. They almost teed him up. I believe they did give him one technical. They almost gave him a flagrant. But they gave him four fouls or freak fouls in the first half because they couldn't. Because the Clippers knew. So did the refs that if Jay Crowder kept shooting this like out. We would have so much problem. But even with Jay Crowder out, that's when we had our guy CP Free, our guy Devin Booker, Mikael Bridge was feeling it, Karen Payne was feeling it, DeAndre was feeling it, Tory Craig was feeling it. Uh, Tory Craig brought energy. Tory Craig brought hustle. That bench was saved by Tory Craig. That bench was highlighted by Tory Craig. We got to give our respect to Tory Craig because so much was done by Tory Craig during that bench moment. It, it truly was amazing. I think even Tory Craig rallied off a of free. Derek Sargic hit two huge frees in the first half. We were feeling it. We were feeling it. We were feeling it. It's just like, wow. It was just such a great moment to be at. Such a great thing to witness to say, our Phoenix Suns are doing it. Let's get it. Let's just go. At the end of the game, I was watching the post-game show. Because why not? You have to watch the post-game show. Chris Paul was so emotional. Especially tired of Rachel, uh, Rachel Nichols. Uh, my botch name, I apologize for that. But she's the host of ESPN's Jump. 
and a reporter and whatnot. And if you just saw the words, if you just saw what he was saying, heard what he was saying, if you saw the way he was expressing it, he was excited. He knew this is what had to take. He went from, instead of building his own super team, to being on his own, going to his sad son's team, where the future was kind of bright, but not as bright as this is shining here this week, this postseason. This is special. Chris Paul has been with amazing players, uh, good teams. But when you saw that he finally made his first NBA Finals in his 16-year career, when things were going to be stacked against him because he was known as the guy that blew 3-1 leads with his time with the clip joint, with different teams like that, people questioned him. But he just kept attacking. That was his moment. That was his game. That game belongs to him. And it was such a great thing to see. I've always been a Chris Paul fan. But now I'm an explosive Chris Paul fan because he's with the Suns. And he is bringing it bringing it home to us. We only need four more wins to get a title. We were counted out against the Lakers. We had fear against the Lakers. But Devin Booker showed up. So did Chris Paul. We had fear against what the Nuggets can do. But I wore off after game one, and we took the next three games. Then the Clippers were such a much harder task, especially when you need to face off the referees. But we did it. Sent home packing both. LA teams sent home packing MVP's team. We're going to the finals. We're going to be facing the Bucks or the Hawks. We've not been to a final since 1993, and we never won the finals. Never. We never won a championship. This is such a huge deal. We need people turning, tuning into these games. We need the Valley to rally up. We need to rally the Valley. And this is such a sweet moment. This is such a glorified moment, a, a energetic moment. I, I've seen bad. I've seen has gone from worst point guards, from Isaiah Cannon to Ricky Rubio to now Chris Paul. I've seen us go from TJ Warren, Eric Bledsoe. I've seen us go from everyone. I've seen us have... Trevor Reza and Tyson Chandler on our bench. I've seen us have rookie Mikael Bridges. I've seen us make us. I've seen us have some really good trades and some really bad trades. I've seen it through all these past few years. Devin Booker had five head coaches in his entire career, from now, from his beginning of career to now. What Monty and Chris Paul have been able to do is significant, and it is amazing. It's amazing. We have to give them their due credit because this is where credit is respected and deserved. I can't tell you how significant this is. We're going back to the NBA Finals. We've, when we've been ruled out everywhere, we're coming back. 
We, we were not projected to go to the NBA Finals. It was a victory when we got into the playoffs. That was our moment. But then we were not counted out against the Lakers. We were not going to lose in the first round after having one of our best seasons in a decade. Having one of the best point guards in NBA history. Having a potential or should be Hall of Famer, Chris Paul. I'm telling you, this is special. This is special, but I also have to say, not all these moments can last. Not every moment can last. Meaning, we have to win this championship. We need to ball out like we never balled out before. Because you never know when you can get this opportunity again. It took us 28 years to reach this stage again. It took us a decade just to reach the playoffs. We can't. We can't give up now. We cannot say we can't. We can't go this far. We need to keep on pushing because we never know when we get this opportunity. I. We never know if we're going to retain DeAndre. Ayn. We never know if we're going to be able to retain Chris Paul. What Chris Paul wants to do. We have all these different moving parts. But all that matters now is just NBA Finals. The Suns are in the NBA Finals. We're going to be facing either the Hawks or the Milwaukee Bucks. But we are the Western Conference Final Champs. And it is such a beautiful thing. Such a delightful thing. Such a amazing moment. I, I couldn't believe it. I knew the Suns were going to win this series. But... I didn't realize it was going to be this stressful, this nervous, this exciting. All the emotions coming out. This angry, this passionate, uh, this critical. But yeah, that is just that is just amazing. And it is one of the greatest things ever. And I can't tell you how significant it is. I can't tell you how phenomenal this moment is. But throughout every single game, when we had her and when we didn't, we're rocking with it now. We're showing how dominant we are, and it's just such a beautiful sight to see. And I truly cannot wait for the NBA Finals next week. But yeah, this is this is such a great moment. This is what we've been waiting for. We're no longer a laughing stock. We are now a proud team. We are no longer... Um, 2015 Suns, 2013 Suns, 2017 Suns. We are now a new, new Suns team. This is emotional. This has been an emotional week for me. I'm excited as a Suns fan. I'm excited as a Suns uh, writer. Um, what a cool moment. I've lost everything. I've used all the words. And then some about this team. It's just truly an amazing moment. And I hope you guys, whether you're NBA fans or whether you're uh, Suns fans, I hope you're feeling the same way or one of the ways because this is an exciting moment. This cannot be taken lightly. We're in the NBA Finals. And my oh my, has this become like a dream? A dream come true. If I imagine me feeling this way, imagine what they're like, what the NBA players are feeling. Imagine what the Suns are feeling like right now. Man, oh man, what a what a time, what a time! It's uh, it's all gonna be getting better from here. We got the NBA Finals. It's all here. 
Celebrations are going to be coming. But yeah. We're going to be facing the Hawks. Or we're going to be facing the Bucks. And speaking about them. And who we're going to be playing. Let's move away from the Phoenix Suns right now. And let's go over to Bucks Hawks. Okay, so about the Bucks Hawks. Uh, Trey Young. Giannis. Look. Um, they're out. I don't know for game six, but they're out. Both out for game four and game five. If I'm Giannis, but depending on the severity of it, you have to play for that injury. If I'm Giannis, give it all you got. You got to go out there and win. This is a time to prove me and everyone else wrong about who the Bucks are, who's your head coach about, You've seen way worse and you've seen way better. But since it's just a left hyper and Anthony Davis, who has been injured this entire postseason, this entire season, just in general, he played through a game free against the Suns and won. Anthony Davis did, but, but can Giannis do that? That takes a lot of mental. That takes a lot of mental toll on you. That takes a lot of mental energy out of you. That takes a lot of focus and dedication. And I don't know if Giannis can do that, depending how bad the injection hurts. And then about Trey Young, do the Hawks try to do about Young? Because my question this entire week, my question for all these series is that if Trey Young or any player plays that's injured. Can it be effective, or can it actually hurt his, hurt his team? Right, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, the Hawks can do it, but here's the thing: that we knew the Bucks gonna have a punch, it with or without, um, with or without Giannis. We knew Trey Young was not gonna be there, right? But how much do the Hawks have left? Because Hawks are talented without Trey Young, so are the Bucks. But both teams do need their star players. That is for sure. I don't know. From an NBA Finals perspective, I'm going to be talking about this more on Monday, right? I don't know who I want. But this Saturday, could be. it's going to be a closeout game for the, uh, for the Bucks. Can they do it? Can they go down the line to win it like they did in game three? I, I don't know. That's going to be a very tough one. This series has me all out of sorts because just when you think either team is down, they get rise back up. But what goes down has to come back up, and what comes up must come down. So will that be the same way about the Bucks? Will that be the same thing about the Hawks? I, I don't know. But with me not knowing about the injury report and whatnot, and only knowing what I know about Game 5... I don't know. And it's not even one of those things that I can tell you guys now in the podcast. Like, oh, they're going to be playing for sure. I don't know what they're going to be doing. I don't know if a guy's going to try to force his way out of the injury and try to play through it. That can be tough on both guys. Whether it be ankles, foot, or knees, right? I would be panicking. I don't know. I don't know panicking, but, it were, but I would be feeling uneasy and having this discomfort that you as the Hawks are on the verge of elimination. You don't have your best player. And 
what made the Hawks run uncomfortable, but now settling back down, kind of, not extremely, but kind of, was when they had Trey Young go out, but he started to face Giannis, but during that game, when Lulas was going off and everything, and Kevin Hurd, Lou Williams, and everybody else was doing their thing for the Hawks, Giannis went down, and that changed the uh, Puff picture again due to injuries. Injuries put a huge factor in these games and whatnot, and now we're seeing it on a national stage. And this could be very tough because let's just say you go to the NBA Finals. Say the Bucks go to the NBA Finals. Giannis is not going to be a hundred percent. You wouldn't believe that's going to take some wear and tear on his knee, his off knee. And now if the Hawks go to the NBA Finals. And they force this thing to, let's just say, game seven. That's what's going to be, right? So, if the Hawks win tomorrow night, it's going to be a game seven. If the Bucks win, it will be only in six games. But, would it have to put on Monday? Going by the schedule we've been going this entire postseason, does that mean the Bucks will have to play on Monday? So let's say they do that. But let's say they go to a game seven on Monday. Then you'll be able to play on Wednesday. They'll give extra time for the Suns that they'll have an entire week off. But I don't know. So this year going to end in six, in six games or seven. But somebody's taking it. But here's the thing for the Hawks. If you go to game seven, if you win this thing or lose this thing in seven... How much does that take out of both teams? How much would I take? Because Chris Milskin's got to pull more slack. Same with Drew Holiday. Sam Lopez. And going day uh, one day off, just going off and on, off and on, off and on, without truly no break. The only team that truly got a break this postseason was the Phoenix Suns. Now, could it have the benefit of the Suns being all rusty for having such a break? I don't know because I don't think it's going to be like the Clippers series in the beginning. Injuries, fatigue, and just the mental wear and tear is going to be, or physical wear and tear too, will be heavy on both teams. Right? Because this is not going to be an easy schedule. The Suns are lucky in getting out of six. But can the Bucks be that fortune too? But they're not going to have that much long of a break. Because they're either going to play Monday or Tuesday. Most likely Monday, if I calculate that correctly. Right, so you're going to play Monday or Wednesday for the NBA Finals. But how much do both teams have left in them? Because all, for all we know is the Hawks can do what the Bucks did and take a two-game lead. Meaning, when the Hawks won game one of the series, the Bucks took it two to one. What if the Hawks win tomorrow night? At 5.30 p.m. But then on Monday, the Hawks take it and win the series. And Milwaukee, can that happen? It sure can, but will it? And as I sing, and it's like I'm not trying to do what ifs or just be very broad about it. But so many twists and turns have been taken. And many bumpy roads have been selected. Not by choice, but by design of just unpredictability. That I, I don't know. I don't know what would be the right or wrong answer here. I want the Hawks to go to the NBA Finals. I don't like the Bucks, but 
If the Bucks are better well matched and suited, then so be it. But if the Hawks can be able to make a run and say, you know what, we got some gas left in us, we got some juice, we can give a push, maybe we could try to take some pain away, some stress by having the confidence going into NBA Finals. But or maybe and I'm sorry I gotta cut myself off, but my mind's racing, but maybe Sure, Giannis has his injury, but let's say, let's say, I, if I was the Bucks, I would say, you know what, let's not play Giannis in game six. Let's have him rest again. Let me get some resting time for that knee injury. Sure, make killer error plays, but let's our franchise superstar player have some more rest. Then let him have like two more days of rest. If we can't win in game six, let's go back to game seven. Let's win that with Giannis. But the end on six, that will be more time for Giannis to recover, charge back up the batteries, rev it up, try to get that knee back in uh, shape and whatnot. I mean, that's their game plan. Maybe that's how they can attack it. Because if you have Giannis producing very well and you're able to take pressure off of Middleton and Holiday and whoever else, or Bobby Portis at the uh, at the moment for placing Giannis, that's gonna be huge, because now Bobby Portis got more pressure on him because he's never been the starting role. This postseason, this series, besides now, right? So this is new territory. This is new territory, and this is gonna be make or break. But I, that's what I would do, because. If you want to maximize the most uh, energy recuperating and trying to keep, uh, uh, I don't know what the word, right word would be, but able to keep the fatigue going down a little bit, that's how I would play it. Against the Hawks, letting Giannis rest some more. Because the more rest for Giannis, the better. He can catch his breath, he can work out that knee, review film and whatnot. And Bobby Portis last night, uh, July 1st against the Hawks, they were able to, he was able to get 20 points, 8 rebounds. Sure, he's been inconsistent, but when he's taking over 12 shots, he's averaging between 15 and 22 points. And that's when he's in the starting lineup. Or in significantly increasing his minutes. So it's like one of those things, like, what do you want to do? Can we trust Bobby Portis? Can we trust Chris Milton? Can we trust Drew Holiday? Can we trust Brooke Lopez? And that same goes with the Hawks. But they have no choice because of Trey Young can't. Because this is do or die for the Hawks because the Bucks have the advantage of saying, well, we don't need a power star player because if we had to go to a game seven, um, we go to a game seven, we'll go to a game seven. It would be as simple as that. Uh, theoretically, hypothetically speaking, but for the Hawks, it's like if we don't have Trey Young, can the 15 year old mainly defensive veteran pull through one more game? Can Clint Capella be more of a factor? Can all of these guys be be a bigger factor? And that's what we have to look at. So right now, if I'm looking at it just from a perspective, the Bucks have the advantage. Um, statistically speaking and just realistically speaking, all because uh, all honesty, the Bucks have a cushion. 
The Hawks don't. This is going to be do or die for them tomorrow. We're going to find out um, come 8.30, o'clock on who won the game. Because this is going to be a, such an important game for the Hawks. Not so much for the Bucks because if they have that game seven, and I know you never want to get down to a game seven, but at least the Bucks have that. And that's the time to roll back Giannis. That is, that's my personal feeling on it. I'll talk more about that on Monday, but if they do advance to a game seven, but my, my pick, I don't know. I like the Hawks to win. I just don't know. I'm just torn right now. I'm torn and I just don't know. But with all of that being said, with everything being considered, with us breaking down the uh, Suns Clippers, the the monstrous history the Suns are making with all the breaking news. That's all I got for today. This was a quick podcast episode. Pretty much what we arranged now since we're doing it every single day. But remember, you can always find us on social media. I recommend the people searching Corte He one word, Corte He one word in Google. Because that pulls up a Corte.com, our main website. Our Macari store, Corsahe.store, our regular store brings above our social media. And we're just good to roll. Um, remember, guys, we are writing an exciting ebook right now detailing the Phoenix Suns' journey to winning, trying for defeat, the NBA bubble, of all the obstacles, all of the challenges, all of the um, heartbreaks, um, Exciting moments, different things like that. Remember, we'll be coming out with more details of that within the next week or two. Because we're trying to prepare for something huge. And we cannot wait. This is going to be exciting. I can't wait for the NBA Finals to begin. I can't wait for the next podcast episode Monday morning. Because we're going to have a lot to talk about. If the Hawks or if the Bucks are going to be facing the... Uh, Suns, yeah, on Monday. Or if we're going to have a game seven, and this is anyone's ball game now. So that's going to be interesting, and I cannot wait to see that. See you guys for listening, and I'll see you on the next podcast episode. Go Suns.